Hi, welcome back to the Headbangers podcast, where you host Nathan and Brad. Here today we're doing things like the retro ways. We're yeah. doing an original episode of it's, Headbangers. It's my return in person. It's after, Nathan's return. After having to uh, do it over a webcam console. I've missed you. I've missed you too, man. I really enjoyed seeing you back earlier. That's alright. <laughs> it's all worth it. That sounded really fucking weird, actually. You yeah. know, like thinking, I mean, this whole scenario you know, has like, been no, pretty but weird. The thing is, like, the people listening what see the skit we filmed. The, it's for audio listeners. When I just said I enjoyed seeing Brad in the bath, right? And then there's a skit on our YouTube, so check out the episode there if you want to see it. Where I scare the shit out of Brad. Yeah. yeah. There's a skit. I'm not just being a weird cunt. I mean, we could put it in the audio, but you probably won't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, they won't so. know what's going on. They can't see shit. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to do an original episode. It's been, uh, I think it's been almost about a year, because we've been doing band interviews, which have all been going pretty well, to be honest, and we've enjoyed doing it. Uh, it's probably one of the most successful things that we've done on the channel. Yeah, but we know that a lot of bands now, they're going to be touring. They, can't, they probably won't have time to sit down and talk no. to us. Sorry, so we, we thought we might as well just do an old episode the way we used to. Um, yeah. Because it's something we've always wanted to bring back to. Like it's, it, I've always said, oh, you know, I enjoy doing the in- interviews, but I also like the old episodes as well where we used to just chat shit for an hour. Yeah. So if you're down to hear us chat shit for an hour, here we are. Um, we'll bring back some uh, segments that you might remember. We're also introducing some new segments, which you'll stay tuned for. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're just going to have fun with it and just yeah. relax and, you know, talk shit. This is what you're here for, so here we go. Um, so, like, big topic. Big topic. You might remember that one. So we discuss topical situations in metal on heavier music and just see what me and Nathan think about it. We might agree on some points, we might not. Yeah, um, and this was an argument me and Brad genuinely had. Yeah. So, like, the the big topic is, can metal be too traditionalist? Yep. I think I think so, and I think it's a bit of a problem, and Brad doesn't think so. And for people that don't know, so Nathan, do you want to explain a bit about traditionalists yeah, in metal? Yeah, so, in my own opinion, um, I think we've... we've, we've we, you fucking move the microwave? I'm going to be well quiet now. We've got to be there. <laughs> it's got to be there. Um, no, but I, I, I honestly think there is a bit of a problem with traditionalism, and by traditionalism, I mean, like, in the sense that there's these ba- been these bands that have been giant for 40, 50 fucking mm. years, and it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, there's a reason why they're that big, yeah, and that you can't say they're not good. But what has that that's then caused is a trickle down effect that these all these massive bands, yeah, they get the headline spot whenever it's a festival, gig, anything, yeah, and these small bands that are fucking great. Yeah, smaller quotation marks. Smaller. You might get some, like some of them that have millions of fucking yeah. listeners on Spotify, but haven't headlined a fe- festival. And sometimes it takes like thirty years for them to do that, like yeah. Parkway. So it's definitely a grind. Yeah, no. So that for me, that pisses me off because it's like, what precedent do we set when we say to bands, you might be a headliner? Yeah. See what my point is about it. Um, it's not like other industries, like. You know, metal's very rarely going to be in the charts. It's not going to be, you know, a one-hit wonder when, you know, someone could rise to stardom from one single that's just managed to give them this sort of position. But, like, in the metal community, I suppose, like, you have to build up. Like, you have to grind, you have to make albums, you have to tour, you have to sell merch. Like, you have to make sure that you've got enough streams that if you're doing a headline spot, 
then you're going to draw in the numbers because they need to sell the tickets. Um, you know, they could pick someone from selfie stage, say, for example, at Bloodstock, and put them up to main stage headline. But will people turn up? Like, yeah, there is some safe options with picking someone like Judas Priest, which is obviously a legendary band. But there also has been opportunities for... I guess, quotation, smaller bands, but they have been going for quite a while. So you've had Gus, you've had Amon Amarth, you've had, you know... Yeah, but the annoying part about that is when you look into the band, they have, they're not a new band. Not new. They've just been, like... They've just grinded for 30 years. Yeah. And that's my that's my gripe. That is my biggest gripe. Because it's like, okay, yeah, no, like, oh, why is it, like, you know... Yeah, no, like, in 30 years, you might be a headliner. 30 years? 30 fucking years? I mean, it's like, long, it's a long grind. Longer than I've been around on the planet, like thirty years. I mean, in thirty years. So, like, say if my band, yeah, started doing a bit of touring, yeah, that means we'd be fifty by the time we were a headliner. Yeah. And at that point, why you're not going to be going much past fifty? Do you know I mean you're not going to really be going much past that? So, the fact that you're only just being a class of the headliner. When you're fucking way past middle age, yeah, is a bit fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like a lot of them won't reach stardom in their 20s, maybe not even their 30s. But, you know, they, they do pick safe options, like you will have like certain bands that will always come back and do it. But it is going to be more of a grind and it's, it's hard to really make an impact in the metal scene. Like, and maybe that's down to fans maybe not being as open-minded with certain acts, but... I think there is some sort of quality to you work really hard and then you eventually get that spot as opposed to a different genre where you'd make one single that wasn't even made by you and then that will reach you to the headline spot straight away. Like, it feels like almost like they have to work hard to get where they need to go. But, you know, it annoys me about that point, though. Go on. Because hip-hop, you know, like... When you see a hip-hop festival, and I know it's different because now it's one of the biggest fucking, you know, like... Um, music, like you know, like genres yep. on the planet. But to me, um, like even back in the day, like hip hop festivals would always have someone that's new and fresh. And I think it's because they real they knew that, like, oh, you know, like no one. It's been like how many fucking years? No one wants to see the fucking Wu Tang Clan headline again. Mm. As much as how great they are, um, I think they they had an understanding that. You need to keep it fresh for it to be relevant and be interesting. And like for me, sometimes you get this this fucking it not jump. Sometimes it actually does annoy me. Yeah. Well, like I'll see, oh, who's who's headlining this festival? And it was the same guys that have had headlined all the fucking other festivals from across the fucking globe. And it's simply because it's like we've got this really overbearing yeah. opinion on traditionalism and like. I think that we high, we hold these bands in really, really high we could add, like we should, but we also don't want to accept anything new. Like, if we go, oh, this band's going to be doing, they're fucking amazing. I get what your point is of like, oh, they need to make the money back. Yeah. But they probably would anyway, because like, let's face it, most people that go to Bloodstock and most people that go to Download will be going anyway, regardless yeah. of the headliners. That is true. I mean, for my own personal taste, like I would like other bands to headline. Um, 
I have definitely more of a problem with it with download than I do with Bloodstock because I feel like Bloodstock is starting to give some smaller bands a chance to be able to reach stardom, you know, on the festival stage. Like, for example, this year on main stage, you had like Fetal Juice playing it. There was a lot of bands that, you know, give, got given the opportunity and they smashed it. Yeah. Um, and you do see them rise up the lineup, but I feel like even just going from the second line to the main headliner is such a big thing. Like, that's needs that band needs to sort of gravitate towards everyone in some sort of way. Like Judas Priest is yeah again is a safe option and people everyone sort of knows who they are, but you know the band would have to bring in certain numbers for them to be like right we can pack out this field. Because imagine if you had a headliner that nobody turned up for. I don't think that's entirely true though, because there is headliners that no one turns up for. Do you know I mean like there is so well not no one. But there's always like one headliner where everyone goes, I might miss that. Especially if we're camping, where we're camping. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You might, you, and you get some select groups of people that won't go see it. Yeah. So, like, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I get your point. But at the same time, some, like, a lot of the time, most people don't see all the headliners. Like, I didn't see all the headliners at Bloodstock this year. But as a, as a majority there, most people will go see the headliner, and they do have to pack out that field. I get what you're saying. Like, the, yeah, but, the, there has been times where, like, they've announced a headliner that's a bit controversial, and people will be like, oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to like this, I'm not going to go. But then when it comes down to it, most people do turn up, even if they were one of the people online that were bashing it and slating it. You know, when they had a few drinks, they're like, fuck it, I'll watch them, and they have a good time. Mm. So maybe that could be to your point before of saying, like, maybe the smaller bands would be okay on, you know, headline stage because people would go and see them. But, again, it's it's a very risky move if you're a festival organiser. Like, mm. I'm, I'm glad that they're starting to give bands, you know, not like the really old ones, but like, you know, even if they've been around for 20 years, like Parkway, like, that's a good chance for them to be able to go and do it. Yeah, I, but Parkway's been around since like 2004. Yeah. Do you know I mean, like, and it, that's again, I mean, it was almost, fuck it, what? It was 2019. Yeah. They've been around since 2004. It took them how many fucking years? Yeah, you know, like, to get there. And like, for me, it took him like over ten years. Yeah. Over ten years. Like, for me, I'd like to see a bit of risk. I'd like to see someone have a bit of balls and go, "Yeah, you know what? Fuck you. It's my festival." But I mean, it's okay saying this now when we're sitting doing this podcast. But if you were the festival organising, your money's on the line. Do you not think you'd be a bit more cautious as well? I would be, but I, I think that like, I'd I'd still like the idea of keeping it fresh and like. Because, like, you never know, right? If you got, like, a fresh band on, like... And I'm not talking, like, new-new. I'm talking, like, everyone kind of knows them. Yeah. You know, like, they are fucking really good. They, and, and But, like, how, how it stands now, they're just not at the headliner stage. Yeah. They're more, like, mid-tier. Just risk it with one of them, yeah? And you might be surprised. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all down for that. Like, if they want to give a band a chance and just to see as, like, sort of, like, a social experiment... And totally, like maybe that would work. I think an interesting point would be like, who do you think could do it and pull it off? Sleep talking. Sleep talking. Potentially, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're one of those bands where visually, fuck me, you were fu- Alright, look at that. Look at like how fucked his his tank is. 
I dropped it. It's not actually the tank, it's the actual mod because the it got dropped on the floor and the atomizer's sort of a bit wonky. Just don't play over it, just, just talk it. Speaking of talking it, sleep talking, so yeah. Um I mean potentially they, they could be they could work, but it depends. I, I don't really know. I mean, it depends as well what a festival you're talking about. Bloodstock, I'm not really sure who listens to Sleep Talk and who's not, but a lot of people are listening to them. I'm not actually sure what their fan base is. Yeah, no, but like, they've even played Radio 1, but they've not headlined all, except for their own gigs. But they've also, like, they've got kind of big during lockdown, so we haven't had a chance to really see where they'd be placed. No, there was big before lockdown. Like, they played on Radio 1 before lockdown. Yeah, I'm ready one, but I meant like festival-wise. You know, they've only been on a few bills. Like I've seen, I've seen obviously this year what bills and what what stairs they're at, and they are doing all right. But we need to give them a proper run to see what they're going to do. And they've only got two albums out when the one's already coming out. So we're going to have to see where the career takes them. You know, but why why wait that long to go? Okay, they're good. Like, the thing is, they've done live shows. They're fucking good. Yeah, They've done no festivals. Doubt. They're fucking good. Yeah? They're vi- visually, they're fucking great. On a music level, they're fucking amazing. They're a fucking amazing yeah, band. no doubt. Yeah? No doubt. And if they had the power to headline a festival, it would be a fucking spectacle. And no one would... I, I don't think anyone would deny that, that nose of Sleep Token. No, definitely. And I think what I do respect about Sleep Token... Is that they've almost built up this audience when they, you know, they call them like everyone's like worship. And they've got like this almost like a cult following in a way. Yeah, and like, that's good. Which is cool, yeah. And I think it's important for bands to do that. Like they've got the merch game down to a T. You know, they've got their performances and they've got this whole idea with the the costumes. Like they've got everything in their power that you know a headliner does need. But it just depends on. Could they do it? And is anyone going to give them the chance? Like, I feel like they have to, even for a few years, just ride up the bills, keep seeing how it's going, like slowly work your way up, and then maybe get the headline spot. Not saying for 10 years, I agree. Like, 20 years is a long time to then say, yeah, you can headline. But I do think there needs to be a bit of grinding for a few years. Yeah, but again, if they're good, they're good. They are good. I mean, like... that's my Be, being if good. They're good. They're good. But being good is not is not everything. Like there's plenty of bands that are good. In fact, fantastic. Some of the most best bands in the scene might not be a headline status, but you need more than just playing good to be able to headline. I know. Numbers. I know. But you know what I mean, it's also why it, that's I think as well. It's a problem with the metal community in general. Guys, I'm not talking shit on yous. I'm just saying. This is like a little great, but I think a lot, a lot of metal community, right, can then go find a band and they go, I'm gonna just stick to this band, and that's fair fucking enough, yeah. right? But I think a lot of people need to keep an open mind with this, yeah, stuff. totally. And that's why we've gotten ourselves into the situation of, you know, like there's the is the you know like the same headliner from yeah. six years ago repeated. Is that da- is that down to the community though, or is that down to festival organisers? It's both. Both. It's a cause and effect. Well, I suppose the numbers would need to come from the fans, and obviously the festival organisers see the numbers. So it's sort of like a chain effect, really. So everything yeah. needs to align to be able to get to that status. Yeah, and I think it's traditionalism that's the main. I, I don't think 
I don't think it's a problem. I I don't want to. I feel bad because I, I feel like I'm chatting shit on the metal community. I no, fucking it's, love it's the metal community. Yeah. But like, I think that there's um there's just like a big thing about traditionalism, and I get it. I get why. But I also think that that gets in the way of a lot of things. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, in a way, to conclude this conversation, then in terms of the big topic, like, how do you see it improving, and what needs to change for it to be able to be better? I think there needs to be more of a an excitement from like the metal community in general about new bands, like maybe more people trying to step out of the comfort zone. Yeah, you know, like instead of going, yeah, but I fucking love all these bands that I've listened to for fucking years. I'm like, yeah. But just open your mind a little bit yeah. and, like, listen. But I also think festival uh, headliners or promoters need to be actively, mo- like, looking for newer guys. Yeah. As, but as well, I think metal record labels, labels sometimes pick, always pick the easy choices. Yeah, that is true. There's, never, there's not much risk with that either. Yeah, I mean, in my conclusion, I think that, you know, there has to be a lot of stars to align for things to work. Um, I do think people should give bands a chance because there's obviously the traditional heavy, like, you know, you expect with, like, breakdowns and blast beats and stuff like that. But there's a lot of bands at the moment that are playing around with new sounds that it's like a new kind of heavy, like a dark heavy. Like Sleep Token, for example, might seem light on the on the offset. Yeah, but when you but listen the, to the yeah, lyrics, it's dark. It's lyrically dark. The atmosphere is dark. And that, in turn, is heavy. And to be honest, like, when you've reached the heaviness that you can go to, you know, you've listened to death metal, you've listened to black metal, like, they've all got their own little thing. Like, sometimes you do need something different to be able to say, oh, that's heavy as fuck, that. That's yeah. brutal. But brutal and not in the way that you'd expect. Yeah, 100%. So, What's our next topic, Brad? Our new topic is uh, gig stories. So, we are playing around with this. We're thinking maybe it could be a segment on its own. We want to be able to be more interactive with you guys. So, we want you to... Have your voices heard, like Nathan just said. So, um, we want people to submit their gig stories, like, not the happy ones, like, the, the craziest, the weirdest, the thing that sticks out in your mind that, you know, you'll remember that one for the rest of your life, and we want to implement it and show it to the audience, basically. Um, we've got a few submissions, um, so I'm going to run through them now, I'll read them out. I'll read one, Nathan can read one. Um, so let's start off with your mate, Charlie. He was at a Whitechapel gig in London. I was about 16. This really drunk dude with dreadlocks gets along with my mate really well during the gig. So to show a sign of his friendship, he rips out one of his dreads from his head, gives it to his mate, and him at the train station later has a chunk of hair missing. Now to me, I'd say that must hurt like a bitch to rip a dread out. Painful. I don't know much about dreads. I mean, I know that your hair does go dead, so maybe it wouldn't hurt as much no, to rip no, out. But dude, think about it. Think about it. A dread is about like what? That's thick. That hair. much of, of your hair it's ripped out. Yeah, just ripped out. Ripped out like just for on. Oh, like a bit of Velcro. Damn. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like if his head wasn't bleeding after, I'd be fucking surprised. But he said a big chunk, so maybe he did it to a couple people. That is a good point. Maybe he just does it every show. Maybe. He's just got no That's hair like his left little now. T- Maybe he's just trying to get people to, like, clone him. Maybe. So it is, man. I mean, he's got plenty now. So, yeah, thank you for your submission, Charlie. That was definitely a strange one. Um, do you want to read out the next one, Nev? Yeah, definitely. It's a long one. It's from it uh, Glaze Grow. 
if you want to submit anything, even if we're not, you know, filming the episode, we will store it and we will probably use it. Just make sure it's crazy, funny, um, anything that sticks out in your mind. This is at the Mod Club Toronto. Um, so first time I was ever on a tour bus. Ended up drinking, partying with Warbringer pre-show on the tour bus after show. Pissed on the tour bus toilet and learned no shitting on the tour bus rule. An important rule. It's always a shit story, isn't it? With like, it's always a shit story. Yeah, I'm impressed. Like the bowels are non-existent on tours apparently. Um, so he ended up at a dive bar with the band after playing Metallica Ride the Lightning, Pinball Machine, and Gallagher. So, Chris, who you know from XJR Films and Thrash TV, um, drove us down. We were parked at a grocery store plaza parking lot across from the street from the club. We see the tour buses, trailers parked in an open on small side street. I had no background in modern metal bands, etc. I was an old head, middle school, classic rock, heavy metal phase. Didn't know I was walking into a layer of new metal royalty. We immediately brought onto the bus by Kevil, former bassist Jesse, I think. Um, I'm meeting these guys for the first time, so I have no clue who they are and what the big deal was. Just waltzing onto Warbringer tour bus and having them pour half solar cups filled with Jack Daniels straight up. Jesus. A half cup of Jack Daniels? Oh, oof. No. It's not even nice whiskey, damn. And there was a line of those public rental bikes they have in the cities outside the bus, which was way too hectic pre-show for an interview. So we headed outside, we saw the bikes on the, on the bikes on the band, uh, check out the venue, sound check, and headed outside. As a camera guy, I made sure the security guard knew I was the media, and uh, the band personally, so I could get up from the balcony for prime filming over the crowd. Side note, the security guards are way underpaid, I can imagine, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Um, as long as you're not wasted or crazy, can hold a regular conversation, know how to slip someone a bill and a handshake, keep a 20 or 50 bill on you, you can get backstage, VIP, meet any band you want. I'm going to make note of that. Yeah, I'm making that. Cheers for that, that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> any band that you want, don't make them regret it by being weird, because they'll take your money and beat your ass. Yeah. Be kind. <laughs> I got VIP to meet the band, just gave the guy six. So we head out, hit Tim Hortons, the famous Canadian stereotype coffee shop, and end up with the bikes outside. So I set up my camera, tripod. I tell them to get on the bikes, which led to the dank memes with Warbringer. I remember watching that, actually. That, yeah, was, a I actually, that yeah. was a really good episode, actually. It's nice to hear like the behind the scenes to yeah, it. Like, that was actually a really good episode. I was going to say. Um, so there was Carlos and Adam. They stopped by. I let and met them on the bus hanging out with the band crew before we got kind of get the fuck out. It's showtime, bitches. Not a real quote, just like it was showtime. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, so I head in with Chris and we run into a few friends we had from the metal scene. I let him lose the show and I start roaming for B roll around the show few songs was lucky enough to roll when chris was in the mosh pit and kevil pulled him on stage to headbang which blew my mind the level of interaction he had with the fans and the band he was his own thing at the side of the show that's cool that's pretty cool the fact that he's actually promoting like a proper interaction by getting people to come on the stage like yeah i like that just give something back doesn't it the show ends and we immediately head back to the bus like fucking rock stars start drinking with the band and crew Band members showering on the bus and coming out in towels and cheers and their drinks with us. 
go to change, ready to unwind, uh, pass to sleep in quarters. Also, no sex on the bus. They didn't specify self-love though. Where is this going? <laughs> but the beds were tight and stacked. You'd like to hear it, you know? <laughs> we end up roaming with the band for a few blocks to a little dive bar in Toronto, east of the Mod Club. They knew exactly where they were going. I wear... Had it on the salon wood floor. No light bulb in the place. Had full power. Just pure dim light with candles and bottles. Some stuck on the table. All pill ball machines. Arcade cabs in the back. Not barcade, but like a real bar with some games. We were still hella poor students. So scraping chains for drinks. Been there. Yep. <laughs> Me last night, actually, to be honest. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We missed the band's group orders. Chris had to go drive... So he had to stop drinking early. First round in the next two hours. But until the last call, they hung out at the bar, which was basically a private party of the bands of that tour. Can't recall now, but it was 2017. I'm sure Google will bring up the video of the old channel. Uh, now we wait for the concerts to come back past pandemic for our foot in the door. Comes the old hole blown open by Fresh TV. Fucking awesomeness. Crackhead editing. Yeah, that sounds fucking crazy, to be fair. Like, I think for a the moment fact, you no, get to live fact, like a rock star, it's kind of cool. But as well, like, the fact that he managed to get, like, backstage just by trading six. Yeah, definitely. Like, that was pretty funny. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like the fact that the fucking security just like, yeah, just give me a, give me a sig. I was thinking that. I was like, you know, the security can't give too much of a shit. I'm sure you could, if you just slip them a fucking 50, you can get back. I think it depends on the event. Yeah, definitely. I did definitely. I mean, it's that's not gonna be. You're not gonna be able to do that at a Slayer show. No, but like, I think most shows you'd probably be able to. And I think if you've got connections with the band as well, like they can pull some strings for you. But I'm definitely keeping that note about the VIP thing. You know, with slipping the fifty. Yeah, I'm no, just getting a media that. pass. So that's something that we were thinking about actually. So if there's like any upcoming gigs. You know, we would like please to... Please give us a press pass. Please give us a press pass, yeah. P- please pa- give us a press pass. pass. Yeah, and please give us the book on the English yeah, language. No, so but learn. please give us a... Fu- this is actually a full-on plea. Like, it's a crime give us help. a press pass. What the fuck do we need to do? Like, seriously, just give us one. Please. But yeah. oh, but here, we'll fucking even still pay for the ticket as long as we get that fucking pass. I know, right? My dudes, what the fuck is going on? It's your boy Chris Thrash here with Headbangers Podcast to talk about a couple of my favorite and most memorable concert stories. The first one would be when I was at Heavy TO 2012 with my best with my best friend Tatiana. We were up front for Cannibal Corpse and she was standing in front of me. And there was this guy right behind me. And throughout Cannibal Corpse I said, I noticed the back of my thigh and my lower ass getting grazed every once in a while. And I turned around to the dude and go, that's not her ass you're grabbing, it's mine. And just like that Homer Simpson meme where he backs up into the bushes, that dude backed up into the pit and disappeared into fucking oblivion. But, yeah, thank you very much for the gig story section. Uh, like I said, if you ever want to submit any, just DM us, put it in there, and we'll upload it. Yeah, DM us, or if you watch it on YouTube, drop a uh, a comment. Comment down below. Comment down below. Don't That's forget fine. to like and subscribe yeah. as well. We were thinking we need to do this because we know a lot of YouTubers say yeah, like no. and subscribe. You know what the problem is as well? I checked our analytics and 96% of you fuckers aren't subscribed to us. Yeah. 
So, for a click of a button, you can still watch as you're doing, but and if you we get the subscribe. And, and if you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. Yeah, just follow us. All right, do the same with Apple Music. I fucking just follow us. Nathan's desperate, and so am yeah, I. Yeah, no, we are desperate. We want to get some fucking. Want to get some muchacha, you know? What yeah, I mean? some muchacha, some uh, a little bit of the. So the yeah, cup, bro. If you like the content, then holler at your boys. And we'll yeah. provide some stuff. But yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, our last section of the podcast is our review, which we did before on a few albums. But the one that struck us most is Lorna Shaw. Because uh, it's a, it's a three-song EP, but Lorna Shaw always been fucking amazing. But like recently, they're really causing a stir in the community. They've had some good albums, but this... Like last year, like everyone's talking about Lorna Shaw because they're Definitely. really pushing the boundaries of musicianship. And for Deathcore, which has gone through stages of dying and coming back, like they're sort of going beyond Deathcore now and like creating their yeah, own no, thing. The, the thing is, as well, like, I mean, they came out the fucking bat fighting and just swinging with To the Hellfire. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like we don't really need to talk about much considering the amount of actual, like, press that it got. Yeah. And the amount of reactions out there, but like it was genuinely a fucking barrage of just heaviness. It was just yeah. a fucking let's just smack him in the face with this shit. Um, yeah, and like as well, like I found what was really cool about it is that where Will didn't use fuck it, I keep smacking that night, <laughs> but Will didn't um, use like really, really, really mad techniques. Yeah, until the end. So like it's genuine. Is genuine like vocals, yeah. Like all the way throughout. Don't get me wrong, great. But then he started doing the mad shit straight at the end. So it yeah. was like a gut punch. Absolutely, and you know this is a big thing for Will. Um, you know he had to join a new band that were quite established already. Um, and I've never seen an introduction to a new vocalist quite like this. Like he's not only proved himself as a worthy vocalist for Lorna Shaw, but he's also proved himself to be. In my opinion, one of the best vocalists in Deathcore right now. Oh yeah, and de- even no metal in general. Yeah, undoubtedly. Like the way that he swifts from his uh, lows to his highs, it's just like a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. But he goes so seamlessly into them. Yeah, no, like he literally like from one second he'll do he'll be doing like a really really high pitched fry and then just yep. go boom straight into the other it's straight into a fucking false chord. Yeah, without any effort. Or reset. Yeah, I mean, into the hellfire, in, you know, to the hellfire. That end section when it's just him solo, and he's just making some sounds which I've never come, heard out of a human <laughs> being before. But it's fucking brilliant. Like, What's wrong with your fucking bit? It's just it, you, mate. But yeah, no, I, I genuinely thought this EP was fucking great. Um, and I re- the the title track and the return to nothingness. Yeah. Um, is it? I oh, fuck. I fucking fuck, fuck, fucked up the fucking name. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Like, and you know that's yeah, song. no, it is n- nothingness. Yeah, it I was is, fucking yeah. right. Yeah. Um, no, but like the the title track, um, the title track, it feels like a ballad. Yeah. It feels like a ballad with like obviously aggressive vocals, but it genuinely does feel like a like like it, you could easily translate it into like an actual ballad song. No, absolutely. And there's like an overwhelming like you know, cinematic feel to this. Like, it doesn't mm. feel one-dimensional at all. Like, there's so much going on with the orchestral elements. Um, also going on, you know, with this neoclassical guitar playing by Adam. Mm. Like, 
it, it just it feels larger than life and that's what I like about it <laughs> right, I'm not yelling I'm just fucking tired because obviously yeah, backstory me and Brad yeah. me and Brad had a bit of a bit of a mad one last night didn't we yeah we had a, we had a night out so we're a bit tired so yeah. forgive us no but like genuinely this album's come close I keep saying album but it's an EP this yeah. EP's fucking amazing yeah no absolutely and it were better than a lot of albums full length albums I listened to previously it shows like three tracks. it shows like quality over quantity like you don't need to make like 10 mediocre songs like you can make three banging songs that everyone's gonna remember and that's gonna be much more worthwhile than an album full of like beeline songs mm. like every every song has its own feeling like some of them are a bit more dark and atmospheric or some are just straight punch in the face like to the hellfire like, I, I think the the third track to the abyss. Yeah. To the abyss. Yeah. It feels like a mixture of both. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like got this chronological feel to it, where everything flows into one. So, you know, you've mm. got a bit of everything, but they all seamlessly flow nicely together. Definitely, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, what would you rate? It? I'd rate it ten out of ten because like, I can't. The only reason why I wouldn't rate it higher is because I wanted it to be longer, and I was sad that it was over. Mm. Like to me, I can't fault it. Like. As soon as I heard to the hellfire, I was like, "These boys mean business," and I I'd can't give wait it to ten out of ten. I would. Yeah. I would. I, I can't. I can't fault it. There's nothing that I don't like about it. Yeah. Even down to the art and like the, the fucking amazing. Mu- the music videos for it, they're really fucking well done. Yeah. Like they're really, really well done. So there's nothing for me that I f- I, I looked at the EP and thought, oh, the light, I'd have liked this." Yeah. Like the it was pretty much perfect. It was it was perfect. If you give if you give me some heavy riffs, if you give me some orchestral elements like that alone, has already drawn me in. But the fact that he had everything else, the neoclassical guitar playing, the atmosphere going on, like everything was perfect for me, and I don't need anything else. Uh, Lorna Shaw, keep doing what you're doing because you're making bits in this community. And I'm really upset at that. I was ill when we interviewed Adam. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's my favourite episode to be fair. Cause yeah, you know, I'm re- I'm very upset that we uh, we were ill because there was so much I wanted to ask him. Um, but genuinely, Lorna Show at the minute are one of my favourite bands. Yep. Because they're fucking just smashing it. They really are just smashing it. And if you like Lorna Show and you live in the UK, they are doing a tour with Carn Effects. Uh, make sure you keep your eyes out for yeah, that make one. Make sure you get your fucking asses down. Yeah. Because you don't want to miss that. It's been a fucking eighteen months. What's your excuse? Eighteen months and what's your excuse? No money. Suck some dicks and get fucking out there. I won't go that far, Brad. <laughs> Don't go that far, but just like fucking. Uh, I, you know, I mean, like you know, like oh, maybe like just cut like a couple of quid aside yeah. when you get paid monthly. Like, we mean the same thing. The end goes the same. You know, but same. you said suck some dicks. I'm not suggesting our audience prostitutes themselves for it. Yeah, I mean, OnlyFans is going to be, you know. I know we're gonna have to shut down ours. Damn it! It's gonna be so well. We're gonna have to shut down ours. But yeah, if you, no, but like, you, you've though. got a chance to make an OnlyFans and to get some money together for, you know, yeah. the law and short tickets, you just have to be very fast before the window closes. Hey, they said they're buying por- pornographic material, not nudity. Yeah. But so as you well, work that chess piece out. As well, that, you know what that doesn't stop you from doing? Feet pictures. If you're brave enough. Feet pictures. If you really love Lorna Shaw, you'll make the sacrifice. No, but seriously, if you're in Leeds... And you can afford it, and you can make it. Look, it's been eighteen months. The music industry is really struggling right now. Get down to that fucking that yeah, show. Get down. But to not it. only that, don't just get down to that show. Get down to every fucking show you possibly can get at. Support your local venues, yeah, and fucking make sure that you, you know, like you, you give back 
give back. Give back. Yeah. And the last section of the show is we like to give band shout outs to smaller bands. Uh, I'd like to personally give it out to Alumnos. Not a song in particular, just the whole discography to be honest, because this is a band that struck me because black metal, um, I like a lot of bands, but there's quite a lot of them that do want to just be mayhem. But these, mm. they're completely different in their soundscapes. They've got this sci-fi overall feel to it. It's um, not really too heavy in sections. There's a lot of it when it's just ambient. But to me, that's kind of nice. It's nice if you want to put it on in Chilter. Um, that's something that I've liked about black metal is compared to death metal, it can be something to decompress to. You could even put it on while you're doing your fucking cooking and it's fine. But Lumnos, I think everyone should check them out to be honest because they're from Brazil. Uh, he's a one-man guy and he's just fucking going for it. It's a one-man guy. One-man guy. It's a one-man guy. One-man guy. One-man band. One-man guy, that. It's but yeah, one-man guy. they are fucking sick to be fair. So check them out. What, Nev? What's <laughs> your shout every- out? Alright, no, but I gotta say. A one-man guy. Every guy's a one-man guy. <laughs> Listen, we're tired. All right, but my, my shout-out is uh, Unity TX. <laughs> now, Brad, you've listened to them. I have. And they're fucking unreal. Like, hardcore, with a bit of hip-hop influences, and, like, it's fucking sick. I, I can't really go too much. There's not much to talk about with them, but... What they do is fucking great. Yeah, I mean, like every single, it's literally just hardcore and hip hop. If you like them great. too, have them together. I mean, they, they covered, they fucking covered Megan the Stallion, and like it's a banger, like an absolute banger. So like, check Unity TX out because they're fucking great. Yep, and check Lumos out. So we've been headbangers. Give us a like and subscribe. Follow us. We're doing that now, remember? Yeah, we're going to be telling you. Cause like, telling you so you don't forget. When I saw those statistics, I shat my pants. I legit, like, I was there like... Well, not legit shat my pants, but like, obviously... Yeah, I was there like not. 96%. So, whatever you're doing, just fucking subscribe. Yeah, one moment, just one click. It helps it, as well. It helps us with the algorithm. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so the much. Algorithm. I hope that you've enjoyed this original episode of Headbangers. And, you know, we, we will look to try and do this more. We've got plenty of content planned. We won't say too much about it yet because we want it to be a surprise. And we want to see how it goes. So, uh, yeah, check us out. See what else we've done. And uh, stay tuned. Right. See you.